This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Michael here with you in the studio again with our friend Dave Swanson. Uh, Dave has become uh, a regular talking about money, financial matters, and uh, we get a lot of questions, Dave, about money, and it's good to have you in here. It's good to have just your resources and wisdom on this. And if you didn't know, Dave works for an organization called Thrivent Financial. Thrivent has been a great benefactor to the Q&A podcast, the Village Church in general, and they are one of our sponsors and so appreciative of them. And uh, Dave, you work for Thrivent. You have committed your life, number one, to Jesus, number two, to your family. But as your job, you've committed your life to helping people um, live wisely with their money and increase in generosity, which is really the goal of Thrivent. Mm-hmm. So today's question, it is about living wisely. And question goes like this, are emergency funds biblical? Uh, so what I want to do is read a couple of verses uh, that honestly feel a little bit contradictory. Sometimes mm-hmm. the Bible um, is not always as simple as we want it to be. You put some verses together and it's like they feel like different messages. So I'd like you to I'd like you to do a couple things after I read these. Number one, what is an emergency fund? Let's answer that question. Mm-hmm. And then number two, the question actually is, is it biblical given the verses we're reading? And let's just talk about this. Uh, Proverbs 27, 12. I'm going to read the NLT, the New Living Translation. I like the way it says it. Proverbs 27, 12 says, a prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton, on the other hand, goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. Uh, Philippians 4.19, actually talking about some of the financial needs the Philippians had, Paul says, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So one of my questions is, do I take the advice of Proverbs and be prudent and take necessary precautions? Or according to Philippians 4.19, uh, it seems to say, don't worry about the future because if there's a problem, God's just going to kind of take care of you. And then I think to Matthew 6, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6.19, Jesus says, don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Mm-hmm. Sometimes these feel contradictory. So should I not save money? Is that what even Jesus meant by don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth? Um, should I just kind of wait and, you know, trust the Lord will provide for whatever my needs are, like Philippians kind of might seem to communicate? Or do I take the advice of Proverbs and take precautions and save? I mean, how do you process that? So people make mistakes because they flip these two verses around and and live according to them to the wrong principles. In Proverbs, what it is talking about is we live in a world that we know is is fraught with danger. We live in a world that we know that we see natural disasters. We see, you know, famine and flood and things like that. And also just accidents happen. You know, and even in our modern world, we see accidents all over the place. And it is prudent and it is wise and it is biblical to plan for those events, to mitigate as much of the risk as we can, to eliminate as much of the risk as we can in order to not suffer the consequences of it. And the Bible says that those who don't plan for that are fools. Those that think that I'll just kind of see what happens. Well, they're the ones that end up having no resources. They're the ones that end up being caught by the storm. If you take that logic of, oh, don't save, right? The logic plays itself out like this. If you just take a little bit of time and think about it and says, well, why work? 
because the Lord's going to provide what I need. So like, why waste my time doing that when I could just go door to door evangelism? You know, mm -hmm. the whole point is even work is a means of taking precautions. Absolutely. You work to get money, resources, income so that when you're hungry, which is inevitable, or when life happens, which is inevitable, you're prepared for it. Mm -hmm. Some people, if you take this to its logical conclusions, would say, you really shouldn't work. You really shouldn't do mm -hmm. anything. The Lord will just take care of it. And fortunately, unfortunately, like the Lord's like, no, work, nope, save. And by the way, I will take care of you. Paul has some pretty harsh words for people who don't work and for people who just say, hey, we're kind of waiting around for, for yep. Jesus to come back. He basically says, well, not basically, he actually says, if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. Yep. And a man that doesn't provide for his family is worse than an unbeliever. <laughs> Drop <laughs> the mic. That's a pretty harsh indictment on somebody that has a lazy attitude towards work or towards provision or towards planning for the future. Yep. Now let's go back to the words of Jesus. When Jesus is talking about not storing up treasure on earth, he's not talking about storing up funds for an emergency. He's not talking about not preparing. Mm. He's talking about accumulating worldly wealth simply for the sake of its own enjoyment. And when we don't even know if we have tomorrow promised to us. So he's making a contrast in the value of saving for eternity versus saving for tomorrow, which is not promised. Yep. Eternity is promised. What is an emergency fund? Very simply put, it is cash set aside to cover for the unexpected events that can drain your finances and, and potentially put you into debt. So let's talk about some conventional wisdom, because I, I think one of the things that this, this question um, wants to get clear is, okay, there are some contradictory scriptures seemingly, but again, good theology, good Bible interpretation is always nuanced. There's always context, which tells you how it applies. And here's what we see. A godly man works hard. Godly woman works hard. Mm -hmm. A godly woman saves for the immediate future, which is food and rent and mortgage and all that other stuff and bills, but it saves for the inevitable future, which is also um, hurricanes and tragedies and traumas and broken transmissions and mm -hmm. all the other stuff that comes up and sometimes the flood in your house and the thing that breaks, right? So the godly man is saving up for the immediate future and the inevitable future and the godly woman also is doing the same thing. And But let's talk about conventional wisdom now because I've heard different things about emergency funds said. Some people have said, like we've talked previously, you know, start with a thousand dollars. Some people have said you need to have six months of livable income in the bank for the very statistically plausible scenario that you're going to be out of work for over six months, which by the way, statistically happens to the vast majority mm -hmm. of households. Some people have said, you know, three months is is good enough. How would you process the time frame on biblical emergency funds? I would start with a very small, doable emergency fund, particularly for someone that doesn't have a lot of income. $1,000 is kind of the, the rule of thumb. It's yep. a very basic number. Now, $1,000 is the very beginning of a starting point. Mm. From $1,000, you're then working towards a month. Mm. If I, if I save my $1,000 and I'm at Starbucks, and I'm like, ah, you know, I just really want a smoothie. Mm -hmm. Should I spend my emergency fund money for that? Your emergency fund money should not even be accessible to you at Starbucks. Say that again. Your emergency fund money should not be accessible to you at Starbucks. Say that again. Your emergency. <laughs> what am I saying? That's good. I'm oh. just so in love with the comment. <laughs> like this is the crazy part of it, right? Yeah. For some people in their brain, their emergency fund is the first thousand dollars of their bank account. No, mm -hmm. no, 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 no. Human nature will spend that, right? Mm -hmm. Your emergency fund is put into a place that you have to make a 
conscious, willing decision to go access it. It's mm. not a light matter to access your emergency fund. I just so loved that. I wanted yeah, our audience gotcha. to multiply hear that over. I know I tricked you. I'm like, say it again. Wrong. I wasn't sure if I was saying it wrong or mixing up words. No, you said it so profoundly. I wanted you to keep saying it again. Now, here's the question. I've got $1,000 in my emergency fund. My dishwasher breaks. I need a dishwasher and it's $400. Mm-hmm. Do I need to feel guilty or burdened by spending my emergency fund for what is an actual need that needs to be addressed? No, the emergency fund is exactly for that. It is for needs. Okay. So I spend it. I have no guilt over it. It does not affect my actual checking account that I'm living off of, basically. Uh, how do I replenish it? And when do I do that? Immediately. Okay. You start putting the money right back into it. You you build up back to that minimum of a thousand. Cool. Now, hopefully, if you if you save that thousand dollars, and we're looking, we're talking six months down the road. Hopefully, there's two or three thousand dollars in there now. Mm-hmm. Maybe more, maybe a little bit less, depending on your income and and you know how much debt you're paying off. Because typically, if you don't have an emergency fund, more than likely you're probably paying some debt off as well. Yep, for sure. And that's hard for people because if you're putting money away towards your emergency fund. It's like you're robbing Peter to pay Paul, but it's like I could get my debt done faster and the sooner my debt is done, the the quicker I can build my emergency fund. The problem is while you're paying your debt off, statistically speaking, life is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Typically, people who are paying their debt off are living paycheck to paycheck because all of their excess cash is going there. Even more so why you need an emergency fund and $1,000 is a great place to start. But here's what I've learned about life. When you add a kid, a home, a second kid, a third kid, a second car the exponential rate of emergencies goes Mm up. We're at a point in our life where we can have two to three to four emergencies per year. When we're talking about heaters, air conditioning units, dishwashers, refrigerators, we have a gas oven, which you know how much they don't sell gas ovens, double ovens in the walls. They don't Mm -hmm. sell those. They're like $7,000 if you want a double gas oven. We have to actually like, wow, I didn't see that one coming. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're not going to spend $7,000. Yeah. And I saw, I saw a washing machine too. Yeah, yeah. Our a washing, really then, nice washing machine. And then our washing machine pooped out and yeah. we're like, oh, we need a washing machine. I mean, it's just all in a short period of time. And the exponential rate of plausible emergencies, the mm-hmm. thicker your life, the more humans there are to care for, the more stuff you need to sustain that life, the more plausible emergencies are going to happen. So I would tell somebody, when you hit $1,000, that's fine if you're single or you're newly married. But what happens with every married couple is the stuff around you increases, the demands and expectations of your life increase, kids increase those demands. And very quickly, a, a newly married couple could probably live off a $1,000 emergency fund, um, but you need to start moving to a three-month living emergency fund, which yes. is the amount of money, should all income stop in your home, the amount of money it would take for you to live for three months, given mortgage, car payments, food, utilities, et cetera. Three months. That's your next goal. How long should it take a couple to build a three-month emergency fund? It really depends on their individual situation. If they have a lot of debt, particularly credit card debt, yep. you know that I'm going to encourage people to pay off very quickly. Yep. If they have car payments. Now, if you have a car payment, I may very strongly convince you to get rid of the car mm-hmm. and buy something cheaper because the goal of all this stuff is short-term sacrifice for long-term gain. Dave Ramsey says it like this. If you live like no one else now, you can live like no one else later. And his his meaning is generosity. Yeah. But it's a good principle. Yeah. Say no now to the okay thing for the greater thing later. Mm-hmm. Durr. 
<laughs> right? Yeah. Isn't it so logical? It well, is. I was with uh, my daughters and we were driving to school and and I, I said, they're, they're eight and six. I said, okay, I want to, I'm going to give you a marshmallow. Okay. And if I, you can have it now, or if you wait 10 minutes, I'll give you two marshmallows. And uh, one of them said, oh, I'll wait for sure. And the other one said, nope, I'll eat it right now. And uh, so then I went to the one who said, I'll take it. I said, okay, um, you can have two marshmallows now. If you wait a day, I'll give you 10 marshmallows. She thought about it. She said, I'll wait a day. Mm. I can already tell you based on their personalities, the trajectory of their financial life, one yeah. is going to be inclined to take the immediate that's part of their life. And the other is a planner and a plotter. And, mm -hmm. and she'll say no now. So I was trying to teach them this rule in life. And this is what I said to them. As I said, look, successful people in life, people whose lives mean something, people who do great things, always say no to the good thing now for the better thing later. Mm -hmm. Always. People who fail say yes to the good thing now and no to the best thing later. It's a fundamental rule of life. And so I've been teaching my kids this regularly, but this is the whole point. Say no to the good thing, you mm -hmm. know, now. So you can say yes to the best thing later. It's the essence of the kingdom of God. It is. It's the essence of living now, yeah. living for worldly possessions, living for worldly success, yep. worldly values, and putting off eternity yep. versus saying no to that stuff now yep. because God has promised us something so much more glorious, so yep. much beyond our comprehension, something we cannot fathom. I can either live stingily now in a sense. I don't mean stingy in terms of generosity. I just mean live like really frugally, pay off my debt and then not be mastered by it later. Mm -hmm. Or I can just live it up, postpone my debt and constantly have this hanging over my life. I would so much rather live tight now so that I can be more generous later and not have the burden of debt mm -hmm. and other people demanding my money from me with interest. Somebody that doesn't have a lot of debt and somebody that is really disciplined can probably save three months within a year. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Yeah. Six months, a year and a half, two years. It yep. really depends on, it depends partly on their discipline. Are you willing to forego cable, direct TV, yep. really fast internet, you know, a whole bunch of other things, eating out a lot. We got rid of our cable. We moved last year and we mm -hmm. just got rid of cable. I think we subscribed to Netflix and we went from paying 120 bucks a month for cable to eight, I don't know, eight or something, you know? Yeah. Well, the, the savings in a year was over a thousand dollars. Yeah. That was like so simple. And the crazy thing about most perks in life is once you cut them out, it takes you about two weeks to detox and then your life just adjusts and it's like you never had. Like I don't miss cable in any way, shape or form at all anymore. You know You'll probably appreciate this. When I was a freshman at Moody, I remember getting to Moody orientation week, not yes. knowing, not knowing and finding out I can't have a TV in my room. Yep. And I remember being so upset yep. because I used to watch so much TV and then I was not a week into school and I, I realized I haven't watched TV for a week. Yep. I don't miss it. And I have so much more time. It was unbelievable. When I went to Moody, that angered yep. me also. And I remember a week into it, I walked downstairs. I had not thought about TV yep. one time and I saw the news. You remember in Culbertson yep, Hall, the too, first yep. floor, and they had the, oh, uh, yeah. the, the TV in there. Yep. And I was like, wow, that box used to consume my life. Yep. And it took me a week to get to detox. That was mm -hmm. it, you know? And, and 
uh, when I went home, I actually didn't want to watch yep. TV. I started watching and I was like, I got other things to do. You know, it was crazy how it actually altered my brain for that time there. Yeah. It was actually one of the better gifts in that season. Yep. And even though it ticked everybody off, right? I yeah. Mean, Every new student is like, what are you talking about? No TV. <laughs> yep. And now that following summer between my freshman and sophomore year, I don't remember watching TV other than like sporting events. Yep. Thank yeah. God for the school that D.L. Moody founded. founded. So <laughs> the bottom line is you can cut the cord with yeah. your cable. There are so many things that you can live without that if you just, like you said, detox off yep. of it, you won't miss it. All right. So we've beat this dead horse with a beautiful, compelling stick. So Dave, question. Are emergency funds biblical? I would say without question, emergency fund is biblical. Awesome. If I have an emergency fund, am I storing up treasures on earth? No, you are not. Awesome. Should I not work and just wait for Jesus to come back, staring up at the sky, because he will take care of all of my needs in Christ Jesus? Paul says that you are worse than an unbeliever. Awesome. So Village Church, want to just say thanks to Dave Swanson for joining us again. Thanks to Thrivent for sponsoring this episode and this podcast. And uh, really grateful to have you. want to ask you to come back next time. And uh, we're going to be talking about awesome things. And I'm just going to keep you in suspense. So we won't <laughs> tell you what it is. We'll see you next time.